this gifted athlete was the icon of a golden age, and his popularity ushered in a whole new era in American entertainment. So why is this legendary badass no longer a household name? This is no flame out, no fad, no flash in the pan. This is the forgotten famous. Here's your host, Matt Mitchell. Back then, it didn't matter if you were a carpenter or a nun or a gangster. Come out and shake it, you dirty rider. I'll give it to you through the door. It didn't matter if you were a huddled mass arriving at Ellis Island or one of those inspectors changing an ethnic name to Smith. Because by 1926, everybody, pretty much everywhere, knew the name Jack Dempsey. The biggest sports around were baseball, boxing, and horse racing. And Dempsey had reigned as boxing's heavyweight champion for the last seven years and the only champion Prohibition America had ever known. And no disrespect to Calvin Coolidge, but in our country's most raucous, lawless, gamblinist modern era, being heavyweight champ made you bigger and certainly more popular than the president. Just two generations had come and gone since the Civil War, but this was a transformed America. For the first time ever, huge numbers of blue collar folks had both money and time to spare, and the idea of leisure finally trickled down from the rich, monocled elite <gasps> to, well, regular Joes. And these guys flocked to watch one of the world's oldest pastimes, guys punching each other. And boy, was Jack Dempsey good at it. Hailing from a family of hardscrabble converted Mormons in Manassa, Colorado, Dempsey bounced at the age of 16 to essentially become a rail yard hobo. Jack began earning his money the old fashioned way, by betting saloons full of dudes two bucks he could beat any of them up. And he was right, he always could. This type of brutal entrepreneurship delivered a belligerent fighting style he'd maintained his whole career, along with his nickname, the Manassa Mauler. But to go from barroom brawler to heavyweight champion, he'd have to fight his way to the top. So he did, a lot. Between July of 1917 and the end of 1918, Dempsey had 29 professional bouts in 15 states, fighting an average of once every 18 days. And he only lost one time. Following that stretch, he earned his chance at the heavyweight crown, and on a scorching Toledo Independence Day, Dempsey squared off with towering champion Jess Willard, who was 60 pounds bigger and almost half a foot taller. And in an insane twist, just before the fight, Dempsey was told by his manager he'd bet about half their share of the money on a first round knockout. So as the temperature climbed over 100 degrees, Dempsey unleashed one of the bloodiest, brutalist, most savage opening three minutes in boxing history. And there he's taking it again. How can the man stand it? Other rights crash to the head, and Willard collapses dazed and helpless after the most murderous beating a man ever took in the ring. And there's the bell. It's all over. The quickest heavyweight knockout on record. Dempsey knocked Willard down for an incredible seventh time. And after a 10 count, everyone believed he'd scored a record-breaking first-round KO. But hold up. The timekeeper had an announcement. 
Willard was literally saved by the bell, which had malfunctioned ringside, and the round had ended before the knockout. So despite a face that looked like the inside of a patty melt and a body that moved straight out of Weekend at Bernie's, Willard stood back up and Dempsey used a couple more rounds to introduce himself to Willard's face and the American public before his brutalized opponent finally threw in the towel. Out in mid-ring, Willard is helpless. He lost all coordination between brain and hand. His efforts are pitiful. He was good-looking and smiling when he came into the ring. Now he's a lurching, tottering wreck of a man. A new champion being born here, born in the torrid heat among the yells of 70,000 spectators. Soon, the stars would align to take Dempsey from champion to icon. Just as New York City became the biggest city in the world, the state lifted its longtime ban on boxing. This Western Roughneck was already the champ, but now he could make himself a superstar. After twice defending his title, Dempsey was pitted against Frenchman Georges Carpentier across the river in Jersey City. And the sprawling outdoor venue delivered a record-shattering 91,000 fans, the first crowd to ever pay more than a million dollars for a live event. Members of some of the most powerful families in American history showed up. We're talking Rockefeller, Vanderbilt, Ford, Astor, a whole bunch of Roosevelts. Everybody was there. But the bout's biggest impact? To put it simply, this fight changed the face of media and entertainment forever. At this point in human history, for a community to experience something as it happened, they had to see it for themselves. But for the first time ever, an event will be broadcast live to a mass audience. Spearheaded by future NBC founder David Sarnoff, a ringside radio station was built. And across the Northeast, hundreds of thousands gathered in theaters and halls for the absolutely mind-blowing opportunity to listen together live to this battle of the century. 10,000 people gathered in Times Square just to see live fight updates displayed across a marquee. The very idea of everybody experiencing something far away unfold in real time, something pretty much all of us do pretty much every day, shifted the cultural paradigm forever. And this wasn't even a hundred years ago. Dempsey was incredible in the fight. And by the time he helped the bloodied and vanquished Carpentier back to his feet in the fourth round, the era of the sports mega event had begun. And radio was transitioning from the pastime of a few dedicated nerds. My IQ is 199, crying out flame to the defining medium of a generation. America went from having a few thousand operational radios to over a hundred million by the end of the decade. The audio wave, a wave you can hear. After the fight, everybody wanted a piece of this hobo turned champion. The newly oil rich town of Shelby, Montana practically bankrupted itself to host his next fight against the overmatched Tommy Gibbons. And just two months later, with his face on the cover of Time Magazine, Dempsey would square off against Luis Firpo for another New York mega fight. The fateful moment has arrived, and here they are in the ring. Firpo, the wild bull of the pappus in his corner. Jack Dempsey, the popular champion, brings a roar from the crowd. With over 85,000 selling out the polo grounds and another 20,000 crowded outside along 8th Avenue, the fight matched insane, hyper-aggressive, warp-speed fighting styles, and Furpo and Dempsey attacked each other from the opening bell. 
until something absolutely bananas happens. A terrific right by Purple and Dempsey goes flying out of the ring. The referee's amazed, almost forgets the count. A huge punch set Dempsey sailing through the ropes and onto a typewriter ringside. There he goes, into the laps of the reporter. This is one of the historic moments in all ring history. But Dempsey would climb back into the ring, and in round two, the fighters continued to absolutely wail on each other. Now Firpo hangs on for dear life. Even the referee can't break it up. Firpo down again, the ninth time. A blasting left hook to the chin, right cross on the button. Firpo trying desperately to get up, but this time he can't make it. All over. It was a short fight, but never was there one packed with so much action. Still champion, Dempsey wouldn't defend his title again for three years. Instead, he'd write the blueprint so many big-time athletes have followed ever since. Get paid to be in crappy movies, marry a hot young celebrity, and party with the rich and famous. Sadly, he'd lose his next fight and his heavyweight crown in the pouring rain to former Marine Gene Tenney before a Philadelphia crowd of over 120,000 people. After the fight, he'd tell his wife, Honey, I forgot to duck, which President Reagan used on his own wife more than 50 years later after an assassination attempt left him feeling pretty beaten up. But Tunney and Dempsey would meet again a year later before 104,000 people in Chicago's Soldier Field. In a highly controversial rematch better known as the Long Count Fight, Dempsey would lose again to the younger Tunney, and Dempsey would never box again. Fifteen years later, as America entered World War II, Dempsey received a commission in the Coast Guard Reserve, Mocked as a draft dodger after World War I, he co-authored the book How to Fight Tough, teaching the kinds of ruthless, hands-on savagery he'd learned as a teen. And this book is intense. Lesson three is called The Head Clamp, and the 47-year-old lieutenant gives the reader a valuable lesson. Commandos must get accustomed to seeing the breath peter out of their adversaries, if they wish to keep on breathing themselves. But with time... Dempsey softened into an endearing icon of a golden age, and he'd remain a celebrity pretty much his whole life. In 1965, at the age of 70, he was still popular enough to be the mystery guest on the CBS primetime game show What's My Line, and still famous enough for the show's panel to guess his identity almost immediately. As you all know, the panel is blindfolded. Blindfolds in place, panel? Yes, sir. Good. Will you enter Mystery Challenger and sign in, please? As you know, panel, a different form of questioning, one question at a time, in turn, moving clockwise. One down and nine to go, Mr. Sir. Uh, are you famous for some sports activity? One time. Mr. Randall, did you recently celebrate a birthday? Yep. Well, would you be Jack Dempsey? Would you be? Well, Jack, I'm sorry that went so quickly, but they got the to The fastest sport. count Jack ever got. <laughs> Hall of Fame Boxing Authority Burt Sugar wasn't exaggerating when he called Dempsey the most popular boxing champion of all time. And in many ways, the decline in his stature, from towering cultural icon to unknown commodity, just mirrors the decline of boxing in the American sports pecking order. Today, it's never ranked higher than our ninth most popular sport, alongside the likes of track and field and women's tennis. And ask someone under 25 to name a recent heavyweight champion? And you're more likely to hear the name Mike Tyson, who last reigned more than two decades ago, than any of the dozens of champions since. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My style is impetuous. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one that can match me. 
And with no disrespect to Iron Mike, there can only be one Jack Dempsey. This is The Forgotten Famous. I'm Matt Mitchell. Thanks for listening. And I'll never forget you.